0: Welcome in to the podcast. I am your host today, Holt, aka Holt Smash 1166, on Twitter. Uh, Alex couldn't be here this evening. He's uh, at a Justin Timberlake concert as we record this. So uh, good for him. But I am, however, joined by uh, the one and only tenor king of
1: Memphis, JB Brooks. JB, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well, Holt Smash. Uh, it's been a long day. And uh, there's been a lot of things going on in the uh, college football world, namely in the SEC, so I am ready to get down to it.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, we'll just preview the show for you a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit about Jalen Hurts and Jim Chaney, which me and Alex talked about a little bit last night. But uh, we want to give JB a chance to talk about it and uh, you know, maybe talk about some of the turnover on Alabama staff. But the the main thing we're going to be talking about today is uh, next year. You know, it's not, it's not too early to be – Looking at next year, college football never sleeps, as I like to say. And uh, we'll go ahead and get a head start and let you guys know uh, what we think. We're going to do a little buy-sell, and then we're even going to give you our uh, projected standings um, for the end of the season next year. Uh, JB, you ready?
1: I am ready, sir. Does
0: it sound good to you?
1: Does- Sounds good to me. Well, I don't think so. I mean, as we know, <laughs> like uh, it's a little early you know, to be talking about next year, but at the same time, it will change. You know, as we say, this is early bird. So, I mean, we're probably going to do some projections after spring practice and then we'll probably do another, more projections in the summer and then we'll probably make our final projections during fall practice. But this is just the first step towards the 2019 college football season.
0: Exactly. And, uh, you know, we don't even know, uh, you know, what's going to happen on signing day. There could always be some some shakeup there and, you know, we'll have some transfers. There's all kinds of – the transfer portal has uh, been very active <laughs> Is apparently a new thing this year. So uh...
1: yeah, you got the transfer portal, you've got signing day, you've got spring practice. And after spring practice, players will probably transfer then. Then you've also got potential injuries that happen during spring practice and during summer workouts. So there's a lot of factors away before we even think about doing final projections during the fall before the season starts. Yeah, but that being said, we'll just go ahead and uh,
0: jump right in. Uh speaking of the transfer portal, Jalen Hurts announced or I guess he didn't announce he's leaving, but he did enter his name into the transfer portal. So, he doesn't have to leave, but schools are now allowed to contact him and recruit him. Um what do you
1: think uh the potential landing spots for Jalen Hurts are? For me, my favorite spot for him would be TCU. Uh, When you look at the returning starters, I think they have like nine or 10 returning starters on this roster, on the offense coming back next year, including four of the five starters on the offensive line, which is key for him. And usually when you get a lot of returning starters on a Gary Patterson led team, usually good results turn out. And also Jalen Hurts is from Texas too, so that can't hurt him as well. No pun intended. And that's my favorite place for him. Uh, Another spot that a few spots in the SEC that could make sense for him One of them would be Auburn, and another one would be Florida. Why? Because he's a perfect fit for Mullen's system at Florida. I really like that one, because at one point, Dan Mullen did recruit at Jalen Hurts back when he was the head coach at Mississippi State. I also like Auburn, even though that's something that could be really interesting if he even considers them, because how will Alabama fans receive him if, in the crazy event that he picks Auburn, Because he's like a favorite son at Alabama, and he would be called a traitor after all the things he's done for them and being the perfect teammate, and being the perfect, you know, uh, student athletes But he's also a perfect fit for Gus Malzahn's system. So those are probably the two best SEC destinations. Outside the SEC, TCU's one. uh, Oklahoma would have been another. But really, to me, uh, TCU is his best fit, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I don't know.
0: I don't know what would have to happen for him to want to choose Auburn, but I just I would really like to see that just uh, just to see uh, the state of Alabama maybe explode a little bit. Um, that would be pretty exciting. Uh, another school that I heard mentioned today that uh, I don't think is a real possibility, but it would be really intriguing. Would be UCLA um, with Chip Kelly, and uh, you know it, he's kind of got going there. Um, you know I, I don't know if that's a realistic possibility or not, but that would be a pretty interesting landing spot for him. And uh, just like you mentioned, Mullen recruited Hurts out of high school, um, really, you know, liked him a lot. So I I think he could fit in really well at Florida as well. Um, you know, I don't know how much they're going to be pursuing him, you know, with a freshman of their own and Emory Jones, who's uh, a good playmaker with his legs. And uh, obviously Felipe Frank's coming back, but I'm still – you know we mentioned on, on the podcast before, but not really sold on Felipe Franks, even though he did have a good peach bowl against Michigan. Um, but I'm just not sure that he's going to be the guy going forward. So it'll be interesting to see if Florida maybe makes a run at him, or maybe one of the other quarterbacks in the transfer portal, such as uh, Brandon Wimbush, who also fits a little bit of the role of the the running quarterback. But uh, you know we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I
1: don't know. You have anything else? I don't. Uh, man, I Like you said, uh, the thing about Jalen Hurts in Florida is uh, – shit, I just went blank here. I how I was going to state this. But if you put Jalen Hurts on this Florida team going into next season, would you think this almost makes them SEC title contenders?
0: Yeah, I'd have to think so, especially with all the turnover at Georgia – Um, You know, I still think Georgia's going to be the favorite no matter what. But uh, I definitely would like Florida's chances of beating Georgia and Jacksonville next year a little bit more if they got their quarterback situation figured out.
1: I would, too. Like, I feel like that's really the missing piece for Florida is a solid quarterback. And Jalen Hurts is more than solid. I mean, he's – as we saw in the few glimpses that we saw him play this season, he is much improved over last year. We just haven't really gotten to see it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, I, you know, he let's not act like he was terrible. I mean, he led Alabama to two national championship games and was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a true freshman. You know, took a little bit of a step back last year, but was still pretty good. Um, and then obviously didn't play much at all this year, except for him when he was leading Alabama back from a deficit against Georgia um, in the SEC title game. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to be an impact player wherever he goes. Um, I think Florida and Auburn would both be really good fits. I don't think those are too realistic. If I had to guess, I'd probably say he's going to go back home to the state of Texas and either play at TCU or I saw Houston uh, has been getting a lot of buzz about him as well. I think he's actually from Houston. Um, yeah,
1: Houston's getting buzz, but with uh, Apple White and then Kendall Bryles leaving, I don't know if that's really the best place for him. In my opinion, TCU is his best landing spot if he wants to go back to the state of Texas. Obviously, Texas A&M is set at quarterback. Texas is set at quarterback. Houston is a kind of a dumpster fire at the moment. TCU is really the perfect fit for him if he wants to go back to his home state.
0: Yeah, I I would have to agree with you on that. But uh, just like I mentioned, me and Alex did talk a little bit about um, Jim Chaney leaving Georgia for Tennessee to be the new offense coordinator. Um, You know, this is something that we discussed and we both are kind of – not really entirely sure what to make of it. Um, some people love Jim Cheney. Some people hate him. Uh, where do you fall?
1: I have always been a Jim Cheney supporter. Uh, we listened to some of the previous podcasts that we've made. I've always been high on Jim Cheney, especially when we did the Georgia preview podcast. I love his system. It's, it's not a very complex system. It's kind of a simple system in the matter, but it's also highly effective. I mean, there are some fans. Uh, the naysayers will say that he gets a little bit too pass-happy. Some will say that his patterns are too simple, but at the same time, when you look at all of his, his history with different teams that he's played with, he's had high-scoring offenses with the passing game, and he's also been able to score a lot running the ball. Running the ball, namely at Georgia, passing the ball at Tennessee and Purdue. He is a, he's a highly respected offensive coordinator. He has a really good track record in recruiting. He doesn't recruit a lot, but the guys he does recruit, he's highly respected. The coaching fraternity likes him a lot. Uh, it was a bold hire for Jeremy Pruitt to steal Jared, uh, Jim Chaney from Georgia. Uh, it's the kind of system he wants. He wants a uh, pro-style offense that can run or pass, depending on the personnel. He's always really good at switching his personnel to fit the, to fit, to fit the roster that he currently has. Given Tennessee's roster going into next year, I can imagine that Tennessee's probably going to try to pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, given that the offensive line struggles. But we'll just have to wait and see. But that was a great hire for Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, really surprising that Kirby Smart didn't do more to try to keep him. But Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt offered a lot more money, and Kirby Smart uh, wasn't able to match.
0: Yeah. And uh, what what are your opinions uh, on whether you think Jim Chaney can fix the running game or not? Do you think that's something that's gonna he's going to be able to to improve on next year Obviously, it couldn't be much worse than it was this year. Um, or do you, do you think that it's going to be a little bit more struggling in the running game next year?
1: Well, the problem with the running game is just is it's it's entirely on the offensive line. The offensive line did perform that well this past season. I mean, it really can't get much worse. Everybody's going to be back on the offensive line from this season next year. Uh, the big X factor will be whether or not Trey Smith comes back next year healthy and whether or not he'll actually play. But pretty much everybody on the offensive line—the one deep and two deep, or the two deep—are all going to be back next year. So that's another off-season training for them to, uh, you know, get stronger, endurance-wise, and another year under their offensive line coach, Will Friend. I mean, I think their offensive line can be serviceable next year, and if it is serviceable, it might be be able to surprise some people because that's really what was holding the offense back last year. It wasn't Jerry Garantano. It wasn't the running backs. It wasn't the receivers. It was the offensive line. If the offensive line gets serviceable, along with uh, Jim Cheney's uh, play calling, it could surprise some people next year.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, switching over to the other side of the coin there, um, Georgia um, obviously loses their offensive coordinator, um, the guy that's coached Jake from the last two years. So they're going to be having a new system going forward. It looks like they're going to be able to keep Sam Pittman, the offensive line coach, which is huge. Um, and you know we know they got some really big, talented young offensive linemen that, uh, even though they were banged up this year and inexperienced, they still managed to to be really productive. And they just got a whole stable of five star running backs just going to be back next year to lead that. Um, so, I mean, are you at all concerned about Georgia Georgia's offense at least for next season?
1: I'm not, because they do still have a lot of personnel. I mean, as you said, they got plenty of running backs to run. The offensive line, pretty much everyone's back along with Sam Pittman. Losing Pittman would have been the biggest blow to them if they had lost him somehow. But as of now, it looks like Sam Pittman will remain on the staff, which is a huge win for for Kirby Smart. But it will come at a price, because what I'm reading is that he's going to be making roughly $1.5 million, which is unprecedented for a guy that's not going to be even be an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. You know, he's just going to be an offensive line coach with an associate head coach title. That tells you how valuable that Kirby Smart thinks of him. And I agree with him, too. I mean, he I think he's the best offensive line coach in the country. But I, I do like George's offense next year. I think whoever comes to run this team for them is still going to be highly productive, you know, whether or not you know Jim Chaney or not, it's still going to be a pretty good offense next year. The only way you could screw it up is if you bring someone like uh, you know DJ Durkin or Kurt Roper to run this offense.
0: Yeah. Um, the only question I have, uh, I mean, obviously we don't know who they're going to hire to be their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Just so.
1: giving you names of guys that would probably suck.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think DJ Durkin is a defensive guy. He is. He so. is. I don't even
1: know why I say DJ Durkin. I'm thinking. Of some, I'm thinking of <laughs> somebody else. Well, because he play, coached under, uh, do, he coached under who he coached under Muschamp. Uh I, I'm getting all those guys confused. But I'm, I'm thinking mainly guys like Kurt Roper, yeah, like Charlie Wise. Charlie Wise. Like don't Florida. bring in guys that have a horrible track record, and you just think they're going to be able to turn that offense around. Like Kurt Roper was shitty at Florida and South Carolina. Right. Or still –
0: I've no I've no idea why. Uh, not not to make this the Kurt. Kurt Roper hate podcast, but I don't know why Wilmot Champ thought that it was a good idea to bring him back uh after he had helped get him fired at Florida. Yeah. You know, when he brought him, you know, over there. So I I don't know. But uh, you know, I the my only question about Georgia, um, you know, obviously just like I said, we don't know who their offense coordinator is gonna be, but uh maybe receiver play, you know, they lose some guys there. Um they lose Isaac Not at a tight end. Uh, it's going to transfer, so you know I, that may be something to be worried about. Yeah, that's um, a very
1: underrated loss, losing Nada.
0: Yeah, and yeah, obviously, and then uh, you know, I mean, I just don't know Jake From learning a new system, how that's going to go. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll just have to we we'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, that being said, do you want to? Well, actually, no. Let's let's first talk about. Uh, Some of the turnover on Nick Saban's staff as well. Georgia's had a lot of turnover. Now Alabama as well. They lose uh, Mike Loxley, obviously, to be the head coach of Maryland. And it looked like the co-offense coordinator was going to leave for Maryland, too. But he actually uh, ended up changing to Michigan. He flipped
1: his commitment there. Uh, (laughs) Pretty much he did, yeah. He he really uh, screwed Loxley over in this process.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he did. And then uh, I believe they lost – didn't they lose an, another coach? They lost their offensive line coach to Georgia Tech, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, a little bit of turnover on, on Saban's staff. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously this is something that happens at Alabama every year. And for the most part, Saban's able to overcome it. Um, what uh, stood out to you about about the turnover on Alabama
1: staff? Namely, just thinking that it's pretty much all catching up to Nick Saban now. All the turnover he's had in the previous few years with coordinators leaving all that turnover now he's been he's been mainly hiring recruiters and he placed recruiters in a coordinator role, namely with Tosh Lupoy running the defense and Loxley running the offense and i mean that's really the biggest thing to me and of course uh Gaddis leaving too like that's not really surprising to me i think he's he's more of a big ten guy, so that doesn't surprise me seeing him, uh, who loses offensive line coach was a little bit of a surprise to me. But I have been seeing that Saban may make a run in Sam Pittman. And even though Pittman's pretty much in line to get an extension and a raise at Georgia, uh, Saban is, is going to try to make a run in Pittman, which would be a huge blow to Kirby Smart. So really right now there's a little bit of turmoil in Athens and Tuscaloosa as far as coaching turn- roster turnover.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it'll just be interesting to see. It's hard to uh, continue to make the same – or not the same, but it's hard to make really good hires time after time after time. I mean, you're going to get some of them wrong. And, uh, you know, I think if Alabama had beaten Clemson on Monday, I don't think we're even talking about Tosh Lupoy, But, you know, since they did, it kind of points out the fact that uh, the last three games of the season, they really were not very good uh, on defense, especially in the secondary. Um, it looks like – you know for a lot of the season it looked like they were struggling a little bit but you know they they get back-to-back shutouts against lsu and mississippi state and you're thinking like all right well you know this alabama defense is rounding into form they're figuring it out and obviously that turned out to not be the case those were just two teams that couldn't take advantage of their secondary right (laughs) so that being said it'll be interesting to see uh you know, I've been saying, interesting to see a
1: lot lately on this <laughs> show so far. I but, think uh, I say, I think I say that too. Like, it's just a really good expressive word to talk about. <laughs> like, everything is interesting, but I mean, the most interesting thing to me is that there's a lot of chaos in Athens and Tuscaloosa right now, and it almost feels like uh, both programs are a little bit of a crossroads, especially Georgia with uh, Kirby Smart after three, after you know, three years, and fans are gonna start getting restless if they don't make it to a national championship again next year and possibly win one. And that's just how the expectations are now in the SEC, especially with Nick Saban setting the bar. And also for Nick Saban, is father time starting to catch up on him in his late 60s? Yeah, I'm still
0: not uh, to that point quite yet. It's just... uh...
1: I'm not either, but, I mean, there's people are going to be asking those questions. I don't think so yet. I think Alabama's going to come back stronger than ever next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, with all the talent they ever turning, and let's not act like they didn't just totally roll through their schedule. I mean, they only had one close game before the Clemson game and that was uh, the Georgia game. Um, so, I mean, let's not sit here and act like, you know, they're, I mean, they were struggling at all. I mean, they had one bad game, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, but that being said, this isn't something that we've seen before uh, as far as uh, an Alabama team losing that badly. So, uh, you know, I guess it will be, "Quote interesting to see um, what happens going forward, and uh, I'll try really hard not to say it again." Um, all right, so let's do a little uh, buy or sell. Um, I'm going to run through. Well, we're, we're going to do all 14 SEC teams. We're going to try to do it real quick. Um, I'm just going to ask you if you're going to buy or sell this team, like kind of a stock up, stock down type situation, um, or you can we'll say we'll give it a third option, say like you can pass, or they're going to be about the same as they were this year basically. Okay. Um so you That's can fair. kind of kinda of go off that and uh if you want to some of them we don't really need to talk about too much because they're obvious. Um some of them we can elaborate on a little bit if you choose to. Um so uh, let's get started. Let's start off with uh just team we were just talking about Alabama. Um what do you got for them in uh twenty nineteen?
1: Alabama you can't get any worse. I don't think it can get really any better. I am just gonna leave it as is. So we're going to say neutral here and
0: pass. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Arkansas, two and ten this year. It's going to be Chad Morris's second season. Um, uh, I think they're still looking to get a transfer quarterback. Um, so we'll s- see what happens there.
1: Yeah, I'm going to buy Arkansas. Uh, you can't get any worse than two and ten. I like the schedule a little bit more next year too. I see a little bit more wins on it too. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and buy some sock with Arkansas.
0: All right, next up, we're going alphabetically. By the way, if you haven't picked up on so. that by now, I have. Uh, Auburn. This is an interesting one. Really disappointing season this year. Get the huge win in the bowl game. Um, a lot of people, I don't think, are going to be picking them, which usually means they're going to like win the national championship. So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, with low expectations, Gus Malzahn taking over the offensive play calling duties, and with the defensive line coming back, likely will be the best defensive line in college football next year absolutely i will buy auburn stock next
0: year all right and next up we got the fighting dan mullins down in gainesville the florida gators i'm
1: gonna buy their buy them as well i mean they really overexceeded expectations this year going nine and three i actually probably would have figured nine and three would have been more reasonable for year two so fans of gainesville are going to be expecting a little bit more I think this team may be able to improve themselves in the win column by one, maybe go ten and two, which would be a hell of a second season for Dan Mullen. But even if they finish nine and three, it is not regressing by any means. It's just it's kind of just getting sane on schedule.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, another team we were just talking about, the Georgia Bulldogs, um obviously really good for most of the year, then lose their last two games of the season. Um What do you think about uh, them going forward
1: for now? I'm going to just stay neutral, but I want to wait and see what happens with the uh, coaching turnover and how Kirby smart closes on signing day and see how they're sitting after spring practice. But for now, I'm just going to sit.
0: All right, next up, this is going to be a tough one. Um, we got the Kentucky Wildcats obviously had a huge season this year. Lose Benny Snell, lose Josh Allen. Uh, they do return some guys as well. Uh, Wilson, the quarterback, is going to be back, and um, you know they just announced today that they're retaining their offense coordinator. So
1: uh, oh, man, I, I think I it's
0: I think it's obvious I think it's a little obvious to say they're going to be down,
1: but maybe not quite as low as people might think. Yeah, we had some uh, Kentucky fans on Twitter that were wondering why they weren't listed on the buy or sell options. These were just the four teams, you know, that I thought were the biggest buys and the biggest sells. Kentucky, to me, is kind of just more kind of going to be more about the same they might lose one game have one less win in the win column next year but they do return some key guys with terry wilson and cash daniel uh retaining eddie grant for continuity reasons is going to be helpful but at the same time this offense regressed from last year to this year under eddie grant's watch i think they were like 103rd in yards per game this year i don't know if you can correct me if i'm wrong but that's not really good considering you had arguably the best running back in college football and that's not really a good sign going into the next year. But I really like uh, the direction DeMarc Stoops has gone with this team. This may have been a max season, but you know what? I'm going to ride high in Kentucky. I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to sell. I'm going to keep them at the same.
0: All right. Well, that would be good for Kentucky fans, I guess. Um, I, would, I would probably say sell Kentucky. But, you know, as we've established on here, I obviously hate Kentucky. Um, but, no, I, I'm just kidding. But I'm just
1: going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. I
0: just think they're losing a little bit too much personally. Um, but they do get Florida at home next year. Um, that'll obviously be, you know, a, a really big game. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia on the road. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll bounce back and maybe Mark Stewart's figure something out. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, next up is the LSU Tigers. Um, good season this year Won the Fiesta Bowl against uh, UCF I think surprised a lot of people Including us this year uh, Joe Burrow is going to be back um, They bring in a five-star running back who uh, John Emery Who I think is going to make a big contribution next season um, They do lose some guys in, on defense But, you know, they're LSU They got plenty of guys
1: They are And I'm buying this team too uh, I feel like I've been buying a lot But I am definitely buying LSU Going into next year uh, a lot of returning starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, they kind of uh, surprised people this year. Next year, they're not going to be able to surprise anybody. Everyone knows how LSU is now. Uh, they're not. They're going to be kind of the hunter. Not. They're, I mean, not. The, they were the hunter this year. Next year, they're going to be the hunted. There's going to be a little bit more of a target on them. They're going to come in as a top ten team. But I'm going to buy it. I mean, they have a really good roster next year. I think they'll be able to challenge at the top of the West. The biggest question to me is, will they be able to score some points against Alabama?
0: I would guess no, but I don't know. Um, I'm actually going to – I would actually want to keep LSU um, the same. Um, I just I, I just don't really have too many strong feelings on LSU. I don't think they're going to take that next step and contend for the West, but I do think that they're going to be a competitive. I think they're going to be competitive with everyone they play except for Alabama. How about that? That's fair. Um, which is about what they were this year. So I think it's going to be pretty similar to this year. Um, I don't think they're going to lose in nine overtime to so Texas A&M this time, though. Okay. Um, all right, next up, we got the Missouri State Bulldogs. Uh, lose three big-time players on defense uh, and uh, a couple more um, on that side of the ball. Nick Fisher graduates. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, lose a couple offensive linemen and uh, – Obviously, it was a little bit disappointing this year with the really talented team, but uh, what do you think going forward?
1: I'm going to have to sell Mississippi State. Uh, not really as confident in Joe Moorhead after this first season. Uh, he did not show me a lot with his ability to adapt to his personnel, and he's losing a lot of talent from this team, uh, especially on defense. But even on offense, he's losing a really quality senior leader, Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, the question is, who's going to be his quarterback next year? I mean, I have seen some rumblings that Brandon Wimbush may transfer into Starkville. That would be very interesting to see if that could happen. I mean, Keaton Thompson looks like he's going to probably be a starter next year. But as you said, like, losing some starters on the offensive line, that's going to really hurt. But losing a lot of the key playmakers on defense, like, and just completely bombing this, se- this past season, finishing at 8-5, and five, I don't think you can get any better next year with all the guys you're losing. I think next year you have to sell Mississippi State stock. Yeah,
0: I agree. I do – I would buy just a little bit of stock in the offense um, just because I don't think there's any way that they're going to be any worse. I just think the defense is not going to be able to carry the team next year, and I don't think the offense is going to be good enough, um, you know, to really make a difference. So, I I agree with you on that. I do think the offense will get better, but the defense is going to take a big step back, I think. Um, And next up, Missouri State's neighbors to the north, uh, the Ole Miss Rebels – Um, They lose a lot, uh, especially on offense. Um, Te'amu moves on, A.J. Brown and Metcalf, and uh, uh, Lodge all move on. Um, They do return Scotty Phillips, uh, who had a big season this year, was just a hair shot of 1,000 yards, um, had a really good season. Um, They bring in Rich Rodriguez to be the offense coordinator, Mike McIntyre to be the defense coordinator. So a lot of experience, uh, head coaching experience on that staff. Uh, what do you think about Ole Miss next season?
1: All right, everybody. Grab every bit of stock you have in Ole Miss and sell it immediately. This is a hard sell right here. I mean, they're gonna be the worst team in the conference next year. Let's just go ahead and put it out there right now. This is gonna be the absolute worst team in the conference. Uh you know, Matt Corral is is not really much of a setback from Jordan Tiamu, but he's losing the four best weapons on from the receivers, the ones you just mentioned. Uh, you're not going to get any better. The defense is, you know, the defense is still probably going to be pretty bad, even with bringing in Mike McIntyre in. But the offense is what's going to really take a huge step back next year. The offense is what, you know, gave him a few more wins than they should have had. But next year it's going to be pretty ugly for Matt Luke, and you have to sell the stock.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, the good thing for them, though, is they get Arkansas at home, which may be the next worst team in the West. So maybe they can sneak a win out of that game and not finish in the cellar in the West, but who knows. Um, next up, we got Kelly Bryant's new team, the Missouri Tigers. Drew Locke moves on, but they return just about everybody else. Um, they return both running backs, so um, they were able to run the ball really well this year. So uh, what do you think about Missouri uh, in 2019?
1: For now, I'm going to keep them the same. But I really want to buy them because, as you said, they are returning a lot of key players. The biggest difference is uh, how Kelly Bryant will fit in with uh, Derek Dooley's offense in that system. I mean, he is not a bad fit, but I'm just never been the biggest fan of Kelly Bryant as far as like talent wise. I don't. Everyone is touting him like a Cam Newton, like you know, an all star, but this guy is really just an average quarterback to me. Like I, I, I still think Drew Locke is a better quarterback. But with everyone else returning, I mean, I still think they can definitely get back to eight wins. Uh, Nine wins is definitely uh, in, you know, in the realm of possibilities. But I'm going to wait and see how he performs in spring practice and summer workouts before I decide if I want to buy in or not. Great.
0: And I don't don't think I'm going to be falling into the Missouri trap again this year. I was all over him this past year, and they really let me down. So probably not going to happen again. But who knows? Um, next up, we got South Carolina, um, coming off a horrible showing in uh, the Belk Bowl against Virginia, losing twenty-eight nothing. Um, Jake Bentley is back for his senior season. Um, there is uh, there are pockets of talent on this team, but uh, I just don't know if they're going to be able to put it together. What do you think about South Carolina?
1: Yeah, I've got to sell South Carolina stock. Uh, last year was really their year to uh, contend in the East. Everything was lined up for them, and they completely just wet the bed. Uh, you know, in the East, so uh, you got Georgia that's going to probably be a little bit better next year. Florida is going to be better. Uh, Tennessee is going to improve. I mean, South Carolina is definitely going to take a few steps back as well uh, in the win column. So yeah, you got to sell their stock.
0: Yeah, I agree on that. And next up is uh, your favorite team, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. Barely missed the bowl game this year, but they do add Jim Chaney to be their offense coordinator. Um, get a, a year of Jeremy Pruitt's recruits coming in and some of Bush Jones' players leaving. So uh, that, I assume, is going to be a good thing.
1: Yeah, with the combination of getting Jim Chaney, uh, majority starters back on both sides of the ball. Uh, another year under Jeremy Pruitt and that staff, and also a softer schedule, I will buy this team. I wouldn't say it's going to be a drastically improved team, but with just those combinations, I think they definitely can sneak in about seven wins next year, maybe eight if they get, you know, maybe a lucky break there here or there but i think 7 wins is reasonable so yeah i'm going to buy them <laughs> right.
0: not a hard buy but a buy nonetheless just
1: a just to buy um
0: all right next up we got Texas A&M um this is one that i'm going to go ahead and say i'm definitely buying um Kellen Mond's back going to be year 2 for Jimbo he's got one of the best recruiting classes in the country coming in i don't know how many of those guys are going to be able to play right away but um you know still good to see like as far as going forward um you know, Trevon Williams does move on. Unfortunately, as much as uh, we loved him and wanted him to, to stay another year, um, but uh, what do you think about Texas A&M in 2019?
1: Yeah, I absolutely am buying them. I, mean, I really, really like this Mississippi, or not Mississippi State. I really like Mississippi State in 2018. Texas A&M is my team that I really like from the West in 2019. Up, uh, uh, damn it, I'm getting these names mixed up. Jimbo Fisher is building a. Really good program in, in College Station. Uh, I've always thought of, of, of uh, Texas A&M as a sleeping giant. I think Jim and Fisher is going to help them realize that. And starting next year, I think they could, they're they poised for a second-year breakout, similar to how Saban had at Alabama and Kirby Smart had at Georgia. So, yeah, watch out for Texas A&M next year. This is an easy buy for me.
0: And um, the backup to Trevion Williams, I believe his name is Carson. It was a freshman this year, number seven. Is a really exciting player as well. Um, He got to play a little bit uh, this season. I got to see him uh, in person when they play at Mississippi State, and he looks like a really good player. Um, So I guess he'll be the number one guy next year. Um, So it takes an offensive. That's to look forward to. Um, Do you think there is any chance that week two they go up to Death Valley and get the win at Clemson?
1: I will definitely give him a chance. I don't think it's going to happen. But, I mean, we saw what happened this year when they had – nearly beat them in College Station in a week two. I mean, A&M's got a lot of pieces back uh, coming back from this year's team. I mean, Clemson's obviously going to reload. Clemson's offense is going to be better than ever next year with returning every single one of their key pieces. So it's going to be a, a tall task for A&M. I will probably won't give them that win. But even if they don't win that win, they're still going to have a good season because they're still going to win a lot of games in conference play.
0: All right. Well, last and definitely not least – uh, we're going to talk about the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, made it to a bowl game this year. Um, Kyle Shermer moves on. I do believe Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be back this season. I think. Um, I thought he was a junior. I could be wrong on that. I'm sorry if I if I am. Uh, but what do you think about Vanderbilt?
1: Well, with the combination of losing Kyle Shermer along with 27 seniors and. With that roster, you make it to six and six, and then lose your bowl game. To me, that's kind of like the peak of Vanderbilt and what you can expect there. Uh, I don't know if you can really expect to be any better next year with losing those guys and also some teams around you getting better, namely uh, Florida getting better, Tennessee getting better. Um, you know, pretty much a lot of those other teams in the East. Kentucky's already now a you know proven program. Missouri is probably going to be another good team next year. Uh, it's going to be hard-fetched for them to get a few wins in conference in order for them to get back to six wins, so I'm going to go ahead and sell.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one as much as I hate to say it. Um, all right, so we got just a few more minutes left. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give you um, our divisional breakdown of where, where we stand right now just a little way too early. Just like we said, it may change uh, between now and the start of the season but just to go ahead and give you like an idea of, of where we're at as far as um, how we think the divisions are going to end up next year. Um, do you want to go ahead and give us your uh, West innings, JB?
1: Sure. Uh, do you have yours as well, Holt? Yes. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll start off with uh, seven and go to one. How about that? We'll just go from the bottom to the top. Okay. All right, so at seven, I've got Old Miss.
0: Yeah, I do six, as well.
1: At six, I've got Arkansas. At five, I've got Mississippi State. At four, I have LSU. Uh, three, I have Auburn. Two, I have Texas A&M. And one, I have Alabama.
0: Yeah, I really agree with that. Um, one through seven, I, I think that was really good. Um You know, I still don't – I don't really know what to expect out of Arkansas, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State next season. I feel like all three of those have um, just complete and total dumpster fire potential. Um, But we'll just have to to wait and see uh, with that. Um, I think Auburn and Texas A&M are kind of like the wild cards. Um, I think one of them could maybe – could maybe do something to upset Alabama. Um, Obviously, Alabama has to go to both of those teams next year um lsu has to travel to tuscaloosa um so i i don't know auburn has a really tough time winning at lsu as well they get lsu and texas a&m on the road so that's you know those games are going to be the ones that decide um the division
1: exactly and i mean to me positions two to four interchangeable with texas a&m auburn lsu one of them, I think, is going to be poised to win 10, maybe 11 games next year. I just don't know which one it's going to be. But I think one of them definitely has the potential to get 10 or 11 wins. And it's it's, it's really going to be – it's really difficult. They're like, I'm only picking these teams based off how good I think they're going to be. I haven't even looked at the schedules at all whatsoever to even project what the records are going to be. I'm just going by what I think is probably the better teams. But all three of those teams could definitely win 10 games, I think – Fourth place team, whichever one it's going to be, is probably still going to have nine wins, which is really impressive for that division.
0: Right. And
1: uh, now let's go over to the East. What do you got over there? All right, starting at seven, I got Vanderbilt. Uh, Sixth place, I've got South Carolina. Uh, Fifth, I have Kentucky. Fourth, I have Tennessee. Uh, Third, I have Missouri. Second place, I have Florida. And first place, I have Georgia.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I don't know. Um, I wish we had a little bit more to disagree on. Um, I, I think South Carolina at six. I mean, you know, I do think they're going to struggle next year. But I just I have a hard time believing that they're going to be the second worst team in the SEC East next season with a senior quarterback as good as Jake Bentley. Um, I just think that him alone is going to be enough for them to finish, you know, at least fourth or fifth um, in the East next season. Right. Maybe, maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe the must-champ effect uh, kind of cancels that out. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel like three to six in the East is really going to be hard to jumble up. Uh, between Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, any one of those four, I think if everything goes their way, it can emerge to third the East at least. But I, I just don't really like South Carolina's schedule. That's what's really bummed me is when you look at their schedule. Like I, I haven't done win-loss projections, but just glancing at it, it's brutal. Uh, there's a lot of losses on that schedule, and you know they barely were able to get bowl eligibility this year, going seven and five. And there's no reason to think they may not re- they could regress next year. There's a lot of re- or a lot of reasons we could say that they could regress next year. So yeah, it's 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 really hard to pick. Uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. That was really hard for me to pick between which one I wanted to pick ahead. I gave Tennessee the lean because Tennessee will have Kentucky at home next year. Or no, on the road, but Tennessee, as I say, they always have a way to beat Kentucky, no matter how good or bad they are. And Tennessee, I think, will be a little bit better. Kentucky, slightly worse, so it kind of levels them out. Missouri, I really like them to potentially challenge at the top of the East if Kelly Bryant is a star, as everyone calls it. If he's a star and I'm wrong, Missouri will be really good.
0: Yeah, but he's got to play at a really high level for them to have any chance of beating Georgia. They do get Florida at home, um, but they will have to travel to Athens, um, which is, you know, they're going to be heavy underdogs in that game, um, if I had to guess. Um, All right, well, I guess that's uh, that's pretty much it. We can go ahead and uh, wrap it up, unless you got uh, anything else you'd like to talk about.
1: I don't, but I just let you people know uh, that you're listening. These projections are completely premature. Uh, they're going to definitely change as the uh, months go on before we get into uh you know next August and September. This is just an early look uh, It probably will change uh next week i mean it's gonna, it's pretty much going to change almost uh, monthly with me, and I'm sure it will change with you holtz uh, it's It's early. I mean we're all just kind of just throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks
0: at this moment. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um we just want to I or I just want to go ahead. I think I speak for you and Alex as well. Um I just want to go ahead and say thank you to all of you who have listened to us um throughout this season. This is our first time doing this, obviously we're not uh professionals. We're trying to get better. Uh, we have some things in the works to hopefully some things in the works to uh hopefully make this a better show going forward. And uh, I think you guys are really going to like it. And um I just want to say thank you guys for for listening and for being supportive. And when, when we all make it to the big time, you're going to be able to say like, oh, I remember listening to them like right when they first got started. And, you know, you're going to be, I, I don't know, um, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but I guess just really excited and uh, happy to to have listened <laughs> to us this early on. Um, so uh, that being said, uh, if you would give us a review on uh, iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It just gives us a good idea of how we're doing and what we can improve on. So uh, we really appreciate that feedback. And um, I'm not really sure what we're going to be talking about going forward. We'll definitely have a show after signing day um, and kind of break down everything that happened. And uh, But as far as between now and then, I'm not. we don't really have anything planned right now. Um, we'll just have to wait and see uh, if anything yeah. pops up that's worth talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're definitely not going away, people. Uh, we're definitely going to be coming back. Uh, we'll be back next season for sure. But uh, we're going to have some shows between now and uh, next season. I mean – we call ourselves you know, Southern Football and Southern Food, but we're definitely all SEC sports, too. We'll definitely do some uh, shows revolving around uh, uh, recruiting on National Signing Day. We'll also do uh, sp- spring practice shows. We're also going to do some shows uh, on the uh, SEC basketball season from time to time. We'll definitely do one on the SEC basketball tournament and the NCAA tournament when the time comes in March. So we got those to look forward to. We'll also maybe do a little minor baseball preview if holds up to it. Uh, we didn't do one for basketball, but maybe we'll put something on Twitter uh, with some projections for our baseball teams this year. Uh, we do like our baseball programs as well. Uh, SEC is absolutely stacked in baseball, so we'll definitely be doing something on that. Uh, SEC basketball—it's definitely much improved. I like—we all like SEC basketball too, so we'll definitely talk about that as well. Uh, so I mean, we're not—we're not going away whatsoever.
0: No, definitely not. It's just we're—it's just this routine of you know once <laughs> once or twice a week. Um, it may not be quite like that um, going forward. But, you know, before you know it, it's going to be time to uh, start doing our previews. And uh, those were a big hit last year. And
1: uh, I think they will be again uh, this year. Absolutely. Yeah, previews will be starting back uh, sometime in July. That'll just be the preview shows. But between now and then, we'll just be a little bit of, you know, here and there shows on National Signing Day, uh, SEC basketball season, SEC baseball, and spring practice.
0: All right. Well, uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up for my co-host, uh, J- Mr. JB Brooks, um, aka the Tenor King of Memphis. I am Holt Norris a, at Holt Smash on Twitter. Uh, JB, you want to give him your handle real quick? I always forget it.
1: Yeah, my uh, Twitter is at Mrjb underscore Brooks. Uh, feel free to give me a follow, although I don't tweet a lot. I'm more or less on the uh, SEC Slow Smoke Tank handle, but. If you want to give me a follow, I appreciate it. I don't really ask people for follows anyway because it's not really a big deal to me how many followers I have. It's all about the content we put out on SEC Slow Smoked.
0: All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, Y'all take it easy, and uh, we love you guys. Peace.